The facts, dates, and events presented in this video are from the member's best recollection and may not be fully accurate. This video is intended for entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace. The opinions shared on this video are our own and do not necessarily represent my employer's positions, strategies, or opinions. All views shared are protected under the National Labor Relations Act. Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What The Heck Show, on UnionPowerRadio.com. That's right, you're listening to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. It's 2.02 p.m. We're running two minutes late, guys. And Jamie Holligan, and we have a special guest here today, William Grove from Local 804. We're going to be talking a lot about the strike in 97 and what are we prepared to do and what do we expect to do as union members when it becomes a strike, if it becomes a strike, here in Local 804 and throughout the whole United States. I want to welcome today's uh, January 22nd, 2023, and uh, we're here with, again, like I said, Bill. What's up, Bill? What Hector? And Jamie Holligan. What up, Hector? Last host standing here on the What the Heck show, because, you know, the other ones quit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about what to expect if we go on strike here in the international uh, Teamsters uh, and Bill, uh, you know, I asked Bill to get on because um, I look up to Bill. Bill is very knowledgeable when it comes down to Teamster history and Local 804 and uh, no better person that I will ask on our show than Bill uh, to explain, you know, what we expect as uh, if we go on strike. Uh, Bill, you want to talk to us on what what members are expecting if when we go on strike and what what are our jobs to do on when we on strike? Sure, Hector. I appreciate you having me on the show. Listen, ninety seven. The one thing the company can't deny the Teamsters being out cost them three quarters of a billion dollars. Think about it, that was before e commerce. What do you think kind of hit they would take from us now? This is our time. But the thing is, it can't be. We can't look at it as individuals going to carry, carry the battle. This has got to be everybody. What we're asking for affects everybody. Don't, don't expect your shop steward or, or the people who are vocal to carry you on their backs. When we had to go out the picket line, I had to show up. I was a part-timer for a couple of years. I had to be on the line every day to get a $55 check at the end. And then they asked me to donate it back to the Teamsters. All right. But I was out there because these were the people fighting for me. Everybody has a stake in the game. 
That's why the contract is spread out. For, we have part-timers looking for things. We have drivers. We have inside full-timers. All right? But the whole idea is our power comes from we get a lot of public support. Over the last couple of years, the company's done everything to break down the relationship between the drivers and their customers. They don't want, everything is driver release. They don't want you having conversations because everybody knew their, their UPS driver and that was everybody's friend. And that came in big in 97. People came out and said, that's, that's the people we rely on. Most people, when I went, when I went on strike and people asked me, where do you work? I said, UPS. They assumed I was a driver. Nobody knew what an inside person was because they, all anybody ever knew from the outside was you were a UPS driver, you know? This is something, everybody has something at stake in this battle and we can't leave it for other people to fight our battles. So, you know, I want to, I want to prepare, like what, 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 what are uh, the things in, cause I've never been on the strike and you have, you have been at that 97 strike. And uh, if we do go on strike, would, would it be right on midnight on July 31st, 2023 or a day after, I mean, because John, Ron Carey did last time that he uh, let us work. Well, he let you guys work uh, one day after August 1st when then you guys can have medical for the month. If Is that is that the way it works? I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even think that's going to be a consideration. This is going to be a well-organized decision. We're going to know well in advance. I think we're just all leaving at midnight. But the place, you know, wherever the place burns, who cares? At midnight, as long as we have the authorization from the union to walk out, I, I would make sure everybody's out of the building. Now, so you heard around around that uh, the company is now preparing all his management team to uh, not to take vacation the last weeks of July and the whole month of August. So I guess the company is, is realizing that this strike could really happen. They do, Hector, but again, they have people can't even manage the operation. They can never do our jobs, you know? Understand that. They could plan and, and make believe all they want, all right? The last thing they want is a strike. But the, the one problem we had in 97, I'll tell you as a part-timer, they actually gave PCMs in the building how the union was misleading all the members. And they actually offered part-timers bonus checks in lieu of raises to, to tell the union, we're not supporting you. We, you know, we think that the company's being fair. That's how grimy they are. They can do that. You couldn't walk around the building and say, the company's full of shit, and you better, you better man up and do what you got to do. But they could tell all the lies they wanted. And you know how our people are. Oh, the company told me, you know, you guys aren't being fair, and everybody wants to be the company's friend. When I was out there every night, you know, I, I asked my friends, where are you? Oh, I don't want the company to see that I'm outside supporting a strike then don't fucking work here. I'm fighting for you, all right? I'm not fighting for myself, I'm one man. But guess what? When we had big crowds out there, every every truck driver in, in Maspeth made sure they came up 48th Street and showed support. We had trucks block traffic, we had trucks honking their horns, making a ruckus in front of UPS. And believe me, the last thing they want is press, all right? Think about, I come from Maspeth. The difference between having 100 people standing outside and 600 people standing outside. What do you think is more impressive? We need to keep this. This has got to be a group effort. There's nobody going to sit in the background because I'll be damned if I'm going to see people 
go out there, do the right thing so other people can prosper. Because we have a lot of people like to talk shit. But when it comes to putting up, where are they? You can't find exactly. them. Exactly. And, and and that's what that's what another scary part about this, because you have a lot of people that are saying that uh, the, the strike is, shouldn't be a strike. It should, we have no reasons to to strike here. Uh, Sean O'Brien put up some reasons on the, on the app that everyone should have in their phone. And uh, one of the reasons was stop to exhausting uh, overtime and the two tier 22-3, uh, 22-4 language, stop harassment, eliminate drivers from fa- the facing cameras, uh, uh, subcontracting. I don't know if that means for all or just uh, just subcontracting from the tractor trailers, the feeders. Uh, win higher power, uh, part-time uh, pay, secure more full-time jobs, and and get the Martin Luther King and Juneteenth um, holiday paid. Also, I mean, to, I mean, twenty-two-four language. I could see that as a as a strike clause, but I mean. What else can we, I mean, is, I mean, a lot of people are saying that, you know, we're, we're going to go on strike for, for minor reasons. And, uh, I believe those, those reasons, uh, are pretty good. Uh, what do you think, Jamie? Um, I, I totally agree. Um, no matter what the reason it is, if, if the president says it's a reason, it's a reason. It's point blank. We don't, want, it's like, like William Grove just said, it's not just, for one individual, it's for the whole teamsters. So we have to stop thinking of individuals. We have to think of as a whole. We don't know what the people in the West Coast, South Coast, all these other coasts, what they're going through. We only know of what we're going through. But overall, if the president says what they're going through, we only know of what we're going through. But overall, all these other coasts, there's an echo. Yeah, um, I got it. No matter what it is, if if it needs to go, we need to go on strike. We just all have to buckle up, put our boots on, and be out there on the line. Like he said, everybody needs to be on there. Everybody, all that talking they do, you got to be there, plain and simple. That's it. And you know what? Oh, somebody's calling. Nobody is. uh... All right. Can't call while I'm on the radio show, guys. Uh, anyway, so, uh, scabs, let's, let's talk about scabs. I mean, we're going to talk about what you do, what you need to do as a teamster, as a, as a union brother, when we do go on strike. And one of the things that they, uh, the local, all locals are going to put it together is a, a captain, a, a strike captain. The strike captain is going to have a list of everyone's name on it, or you have to sign in to this if correct me when I'm wrong, Bill, because you've been there, you, you've been on that strike, uh, in 97. And so it, the way the strike goes is that, you know, you don't get to stay home and enjoy your cereal longer. You, you, you know, when you're on strike, you have to still report to the building, sign in on a piece of paper that you there to get your union benefits. Now, I mean, your, your, your strike benefits. <clears throat> So what I heard is five times the your union dues. That's how much you get paid a week. So if you're paying a hundred dollars in, in union dues a month, then it's five times that a week. So you'll get five hundred dollars, you know, and you won't just get five hundred dollars for staying home. 
You have to come to the to the to the strike line, sign that paper and do your diligence and be there with your brothers and sisters and to show this company that, you know, we're all together as one. You're not going to make that five hundred dollars staying at home. I guarantee you, you don't sign that paper. You will not get you will get zero dollars. Uh, I have not a question coming. For, for William. For, um, during a strike, if there was a strike. Is this a 24-hour thing, or is it just for certain hours? Because is it like, you know, during the day when the drivers go out, well, what about the night, the midnight, like from 12 a.m. to like 8 a.m.? Is somebody still on the strike line, or is that, that doesn't Absolutely. matter? I'm just curious. Absolutely. Listen, for every shift, you have representatives. If you work the, if you work the preload, you're there in the middle of the night. You work the twi-night. You're there from six to eleven. You okay. you you have to be there for your whole shift. Okay, that's what I wanted to clarify. It's going to be strike captains in each shift. They're going to have a, a driver's strike captain. They're going to have a preload strike captain, and they're going to have a a local sort strike captains. In certain buildings, like a hub, is that sometimes open. It has a twilight. Uh, Maspeth, 43rd Street, Nassau, those big hubs, they're going to have round the clock strike captains that you have to report to the building, sign that piece of paper. Let me tell you something. It's going to be some guys that slick ricks and try to be scabs. They're going to try to sign that paper to get that union benefit also. I mean, that, uh, strike benefit and then walk into the, to the, to the hub to be a scab and walk across that picket line. We as teamsters, we don't cross picket lines and you shouldn't be crossing your own picket line because you'll be considered a scab. You'll be considered a scab for the remainder of your career here in, uh, in, in UPS when you're a teamster. Because if you cross that picket line and you're not with your brothers and sisters, and then when we come to an agreement and we all back together again, all they're going to be talking about is you not, you're crossing the picket line. If you're going to cross the picket line, you might as well get into management right now. Go into management. You can crawl. You can be in management. Be on the other side, the dark side, and go ahead. Let them fire you when they when they want to fire you. You won't have a union to back you up. Scabs are scabs. We don't like scabs here in Teamsters. So if we do go into a strike, and I mean percentage of of the the way they talking right now, it looks like we are going to go on strike. Uh, but you know what? It's up to you know. Sean O'Brien to make that call. He can make that call at midnight on the, the 31st. He can make that call on August 1st. That's when the contract expires. Um, so Bill, so guys that di- don't show up to the, to the, to the strike line and then they, you know, they cross the picket line and they go, you know, they say, I'm not, I'm not striking. I'm going. Whatever happened to any guy, did anybody ever cross the picket line 97 that went to scab? There, there were there were very few, and most of them when they came back, the heat they took, they wound up they wound up leaving the job. There's a stigma mm. with that. Listen, it's one thing not to show up and do your your union duty; it's another thing to stab your brothers and sisters in the back, you know. But heck, the problem with that is, look what happens all the time. We have employees; they they work right next to the guy that's working with the supervisor, letting him load for him. And they don't say squat because nobody wants to be the bad guy. Listen, there are no bad guys. We work for the bad guys. But I just want to make one, one other thing. I, I talked to a lot of people about the possibility to strike. And a lot of people told me, Bill, don't make it about money. Let me tell you something, Hector. It is about money. 
I don't care when UPS drivers make $40 an hour. Do they go and then finish it up with, well, our part-timers, which is a large part of our workforce, make minimum wage? All right? It is about the money because they're making billions of dollars. That's why we're talking about the money. Don't tell me a driver makes too much when you're paying minimum wage for every other job, and then you're going to tell me, and by the way, we hit our quota for our profits. We're all getting our dividends. All right? It is about the money. We want our share. We held them together during a pandemic. We didn't get hazard pay, but they sure kept making money. And they also did uh, that $20 raise to the part-timers. And then uh, when uh, and then when the, the peak season was over, they dropped them back down to 15 bucks an hour. And that's what they put their foot in their mouth when they did that. Because now Sean O'Brien says, wait a minute, now you can pay them during peak 20 bucks an hour, but now you can't pay them, you know, all the time. So um, that's another uh, strike clause that uh, Sean O'Brien's going to, he wants the part-timers to make more money, more more money inside. And I, I believe they deserve that. Uh, they deserve, I, I believe like 25, part-timers need like 25. They do a lot of work there. But a lot of people are saying that, you know, if we go on strike, a lot of work is going to go to FedEx and uh, DHL and Amazon is taking Amazon's already taking away the work from uh, UPS. They have enough trucks and enough planes now and enough warehouse to do their own thing. That's that was their whole purpose. They use the company to get started to learn a lot of stuff. And, and you know what? A lot of management team from the company, from UPS are now working for Amazon <laughs> for Amazon, and telling, you know, Amazon how to do their stuff. And, 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 and it's, that's, what's going to kill UPS. And another thing that's going to kill UPS guys going home on the code 26 uh, also is, is, is a killer because that that's a killer pension. That kills the pension, and everybody always say, "Oh, you know, I, uh, I had enough. You had enough. Take those two days off that you had enough, and stop coming in on Saturdays when you're supposed to be off." And and you'll have, you know, you have two straight uh, consecutive days off. You come in on a Saturday, take a week day off, you know, and and, and go cold twenty six. But let me tell you something, guys. And local eight hundred four now with the new numbers, the new uh, hourlies. Before we had to do sixteen hundred hours to do your full uh, pension. Now it's seventeen hundred hours for the two thousand twenty three. In two thousand twenty four, it's going to go up to eighteen hundred hours. That means you have to complete eighteen regular hours, not overtime. Don't count the overtime. Regular hours to be contributed to the the full year of pension. And what that means is if you don't complete that 1,800 hours for the full year, you have to make it up at the end. So if you're ready to retire in 25 years and you didn't make up that 1,800 hours for a couple of years, you're going to have to work another couple of years to make up that 1,800 hours to get in, you know, your full pension in 25 years and out. Um, Bill, you already retired. Uh, sad to see you that you retire. I mean, it's good for you because you did all those damn years. But uh, we also have a retirement committee that Bill's involved in in Local 804 that we had a long time, didn't have. Uh, everybody always used to say, let's make a uh, retiring committee and never never took, <clears throat> sorry, never took uh, place. And now we have a, a retirement. So if you out there and you're retired, you could contact Bill Grove and um, I forgot, Vin Vincent is his name? Vinny Salito. Vinny Salito. They have a Facebook page for retirement for 804. You could get all involved. Um, I mean, it is what it is, but the strike, 
It's going to probably happen. Um, I see that there's no negotiations going on. Sean is not going to negotiate with these people like Hoffa did uh, a year before. Um, the difference between Hoffa and, and Sean O'Brien is, you know, Hoffa didn't give a fuck. And we had the two, the, the two third rule, which if everybody wasn't agreed to the contract, he shoved it down people's throat. Now we don't have that. So now Sean O'Brien is doing uh, supplements first. That's what I want to talk to you about, uh, Bill. In in the past, it was it was the international get ratified first, and then the the supplements ratified second. Now Sean O'Brien wants the supplements ratified first, and then the international. What do you feel about that? Uh, heck, uh, to my dying day, I'm going to tell them they're out of their minds. All right. And why we, is that? Because we can't we can't police the whole contract. All right. If we're going to go into negotiation, we have to know what is already agreed upon. We don't want to rehash. Do we have to worry about 22-4 protections? Do we have to worry about wage progressions? We can't leave. Think about it. if we're going to if we're going to go first, we can't take the chance that the IBT misses anything because we won't get a second bite at the app. All right. If they go first and they they deliver as they're promising, guess what? We're just sitting there picking up perks for our people. All right. That's the way the negotiation is supposed to be. One concern I do also have about this, to your point, some of the things that they're saying are key issues. All right. More money for the part timers. Guess what? That was coming anyway. The company knows they have to come up with more money. All right. 22 4 protections. All right. That's coming because guess what? Who do you think leads the company in injuries? The guys that are going out there driving working 60 hours a week. All right. The company knows they have to tweak those jobs so that they can get the most out of them. So are we going to be asking for things the company was going to give us anyway? And as far as making them all full-time drivers, Sean hasn't said, what's the leverage to get them to agree to that? Is everything going to be, well, we're going to strike? What's our plan past that? I want to be able to say, when we go to local negotiations, all right, again, and, and another thing that, that pisses me off, we have in our language for part-time is new on the job. You accumulate personal days and sick days through the course of your first year. That's all wiped out because in the, in the IBT, the white pages, it supersedes our, our supplement. So our part-time is worth a whole year and don't get the days that we say they're entitled to. That's a problem. And like I said, we have enough issues just for what we want to fix in our local. We can't think about what did we forget that's out there that if the IBT doesn't address it, we're done. You know, so I have a problem with it. it it's, it's, it's never worked because the companies in my, my whole career, the companies never dealt in good faith. All right. Why would they start now? And, and you're What's absolutely our right. leverage to make them deal with us when the IBT is going to be? IBT, if we get something great, IBT can say, fuck that. We supersede that because we can't get that for everybody. And you're you know? absolutely right because what happened in the last contract when they uh, ratified the international with the 22-4 language, we, Local 804, had threw some some stuff to protect the 22-4s in our local, which was good because a lot of locals out there were saying, holy shit, we wish we had that language. So now, now is now the table's turns. Now is that we have to ratify the supplements first. And without the supplements, he's not going to ratify the international into all supplements 
are ratified. And when I say ratify, because they don't have the two third rule anymore. So that means every supplement is gotta come to an agreement with the company before he can ratify the international language, the international uh, contract. So I don't know, I don't, like I said, it's kind of scary because if, if we, as a supplement, you know, ratify the supplement and then uh, the international put not enough teeth in a language that we, we got it. We, we're going to get fucked. The company's going to run over that. And I, I believe the other way around is the best way, like ratifying the international. So then the supplement guys could put some teeth into those, uh, those languages. So but I told you, yeah. Um, even with the 22, four, when the, the national went first, and then we went last, even with the 22-4 language, we, like you said, we, our local puts got some things for us, but still in all, he still had that word supersedes anything else in our language. So it didn't even matter if we got something because he still had, the hopper still put supersede whatever we said. So once again, like, like Bill said, I think the Nationals should go first. So that way, our locals don't be wasting all this time on stuff we don't need to. Now we're going to waste a whole bunch of time on stuff. And like Bill said, we're going to be trying to nitpick on every single thing. So that way we don't miss anything. And God forbid, if we do, then what do we do? We can't, they're not going to let us go back and start renegotiating on this and that. So I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a test, but something somewhere down the line is going to be missed. Just my opinion. I believe so too. Uh, Jose, uh, Jose has his hand up. Uh, what's up, Jose? He's from the uh, West Coast. Yeah, Jose, good, good morning. My, what I'm hearing is that they're going to flip it. They're going to start with the national now in February and the supplementals in March. That's what I'm hearing. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I'll, one of the members, uh, I forget from what local was just telling me that the IBT is thinking about flipping the, the, the negotiations. So nationals will start first within a couple of weeks as February is in a couple of weeks. And then the, and then the supplementals will be postponed till March. So we, we have to wait and see if that, if that's going to come to fruition or, or what, or what, but that's what I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being told. That's on the West coast. Because on the East Coast, they want all supplements done before. No, no, no. This is for this is for everybody. This is this is for the nationwide. Like the the member that's telling me, they're from uh, the Southern region. I think she's out of Virginia. She was talking to her, I guess her uh, her PO and several other uh, principal officers met, and I guess that was that was brought up. I I mean that I'm Sean Sean O'Brien's going to have the last word on that, but. I mean, I, I just don't know what, that's what I'm, I'm being told that in, by the national, it's going to, so, you, going so you're to saying, that. so, so everyone else on this panel right now, which is Bill, uh, Jamie and myself, uh, I don't know. We don't agree with the fact of the supplement being, um, uh, ratified before the international. So you, you're opposite. You, you would like the international to be ratified before the supplements. Yeah. Well, cause like the, the points that are being made, you, if, if you go to supplementals first and then the national, 
there's things at the national you have to you have to address before you go to the supplemental. Supplemental is it's what what it entails. It's, it's just supplementing what what isn't what was not being addressed in the national, or do add on what was uh, negotiated on the national level to make those supplementals for 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 the respective regions a little bit more stronger or a little bit or have more contractual language, more teeth in, in that language. So when so when the uh, corporation violates a contract, you use the supplemental that no, look, this is this is you know you 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 point to to whatever article or whatever section of of that respective supplement, and you you address it you know through the grievance procedure. But I, I, I mean, I don't know why they're doing supplemental. Maybe maybe the IBT kind of kind of heard from a lot of principal officers like, Hey, you know what? We should really do the, the, the national first and then go into the supplementals. But uh, that's, that's what I, I'm being told right now. Right. Right. Well, when, when Sean took office, uh, that's what he uh, put it out there that he wants the supplements. Uh, well, done. yeah, but he said, he also said he wanted $20 an hour for part-timers and look at the outrage that it's, that's creating like 20 is like, I got flanked because I said, hey, $20 would be a concession to the corporation. Because when I started in 98, and I'm still a part-timer. When I started in 98, I was just making eight eight fifty, which was good at the time. But the starting rate for part-timers have just gone up $7 in that 24, going on 25-year uh, period. So that that starting rate has, hasn't caught up with, the, with inflation. So I, I agree. I agree that the guys that have been there for a long time should, you know, they shouldn't get what the what they want to bargain for for the twenty dollars. That a new guy could come in at a, you know fresh out of the street and start making the same wave, uh, same wage of, as a guy that's been there for fifteen, sixteen years. I think it should be, you know, the the guys that's been there for a while should get a better rate. Uh, Wage than the guys that are just walking in and getting the same across the table. I, I don't think that's fair at all. But when you're when you're loading a trailer, and you're getting a fifty piece special at forty pounds or at thirty pounds, fifteen fifty ain't cutting it. You know what I mean? Even to even twenty ain't cutting. Cause that's that's other than driving, loading, and I'm not talking about loading package cars. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about loading trailers. It it does it it it's a workout. It's you, if you if you don't know how to work your body when you're loading, it takes a toll on you. I've seen people in the first couple of days when they're loading inside that trailer just be drenched and basically almost. And I've seen people dehydrated, throwing up, being dizzy. I, I catch them I'm like, don't know here. Sit down right here for a couple of minutes. I'll go get your. When I when I at that time when I was a steward, I'll go get the the supervisor. Hey man, this. I have a have a member right here. They're dehydrated because, you know, you're loading in these trailers. Which sometimes it's in the middle of the summer when it's you know, for example, 95 out here in the West Coast. You go in that trailer. It's probably 15 degrees to 20 degrees hotter, and you're just getting pummeled with specials. You know, it's just twenty dollars ain't going to cut it. You know. Now you're a part. You're a part time in the West Coast. Bill yes. is a retired part timer. Uh, Jamie, I don't know if you were part-time. I definitely no, wasn't no. part-time. I wish I was to learn a lot of stuff that I know now as a BA. 
Um, uh, when I go into those buildings and I, at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, and I see these guys doing four trucks at one shot, it's a lot of work, man. The drivers think that these guys and they, they ready to point the finger at the preload. Oh, my load is not good. You know why your load is no good? Because these guys are getting up at two o'clock in the morning, getting to that, to that low and start loading four trucks. And you know, that's a lot of work. It's, I don't know how many packages, but you know, you say you have only like 150 stops with 250 packages. Well, you times that by four, and that's what the loader is doing. And they do a lot of work, and they deserve a, a good paying job because they they doing most of your work. I mean, for drivers, I mean, they setting you up to have a good day at your delivering those packages. Um, now, Jose and, and Bill, so what do you think is a good wage for a preloader to start in the process? All right, well, first of all, Hector, to, to Jose's point, when we joined the company, it wasn't a, a minimum wage job. Minimum, think about it. I'm a teamster and I'm going to tell my family I make minimum wage. That defeats the purpose of being, being a union member, right? Okay. The wages are ridiculous. It's manual labor, all right? We and and to drivers, I, I, I don't want to be a bad guy because you know I have uh, so you know I get annoyed with drivers sometimes. Everybody points to the preloader. Do you realize that Hector just said this is somebody coming in the middle of the night for minimum wage and they don't get trained, they just get thrown at the work. Oh, we're short today, do another truck. Well, how does that help? Then when the driver comes in, they got to take flack from, from a union member too. How the fuck am I going to work like this? I got to groom my own load. No, you got to get the company to train out people and pay out people. All right. I think $25 is fine. The problem I have with this, Hector, I, I'm all for the part-timers. 25 is probably a good starting point. The problem is it doesn't automatically fix the wage progression for full-timers. Most people don't know. Our full-time wage progression starts at $17 an hour. How the fuck is that possible? All right? Our people are never in progression because if you have any time on the job, you're always above the progression. So we got people make full-time go three, four years before they get a raise because they're so far above what, what the wage says. That needs to be addressed. And what Sean says, let's give $30 to the part-timers. He also has to say, and let's fix these progressions where somebody gets... In a five-year progression, get dollar, 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 twenty dollars because that's fucking ridiculous. And how we how we accept that is unbelievable. You you and don't well. Um, so so what about what about wage progression? I hear you speak about that because what about having a wage progression so that way, like when somebody automatically comes in, they're not at the same pay that somebody's been there for ten years. What about having like like the drivers? Like each classification should have a wage progression. But because I know when part timers come in, you have part like he just said, you have part timers that load trucks, regular trucks. You have some that load the tractor trailers. You have some that that drive around the boat carts. Shouldn't there be different wage progressions for each each position? No, because see, you're 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 you're, you're misunderstanding that. Part time is part time. Right, the, the, you you're not you're not you don't have a bid position. You get preference by seniority. A part timer is a part timer. Whether you're loading trucks, you're unloading trucks, you're in a pickoff, you might get a sort dollar. All right, mm -hmm. there's, there's differences there. All right, 
the problem is because we, we allowed minimum wage to catch up to our salaries. Mm-hmm. What Hector said is true. So now if I come on the job and I start at 1550 or now I think it's 1612 with the cola, I'm getting what somebody got that's been there a couple of years. I right. can't fix that because that should have never happened. We mm-hmm. should never have teamsters working for minimum wage. I, I, I asked them to think about on a national level, why is not starting salary based on minimum wage? Every state could have $5 above minimum wage. And this way, it, it's dictated that you have to maintain a certain amount. We should never fall into the trap that the IBT now is going to have to come up with a number over a five-year period where they think part-time is going to wind up. Why do we have to guess? Why don't we make a formula that's got to work? If minimum wage keeps going up, their salaries keep the salaries going up. Keep going, right. It makes sense. And it should be at least a set of, at least a set amount above, like you just said, above minimum wage. It should Absolutely. be order. Right. This should never be a minimum wage job. Never. This and is annual me, labor for a billion dollar company. If and I could, uh, go ahead, Will. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jose. You could talk there. Okay. Uh, I would, I'll agree with Will. I think we should, we should have 20, $25 an hour and then 75 cents for every year of service. So at least your, your years of service is rewarded and then a 5% wage increase. If you go on teamstersmobilize.com, there's, we have a petition out right there where we talk about that plan. Well, we're going to have a petition. We're going to have a, a flying petition to talk about that plan. But there's another thing too we have to address is with that part-time, uh, pay rate. If we're seriously about, if we're serious about organizing Amazon, how can we present anything less than $25 starting pay to any Amazon worker? Or an Amazon worker gets around, I think, $20 starting pay. And then they get, I mean, their benefits is not great as ours, but they get their benefits on day one. And out here in the West, we have to, the new hire has to wait nine months before they get their way, their uh, health, health insurance. So to me, you have to, you have to go at 25 and you have to, you have to go at 25 to present to Amazon workers. Hey, this is what you can get if you, jo- if you want to join the Teamsters. Now organizing Amazon, that's a whole different, whole different, uh, uh, yeah. but, but it, but that pay, the starting pay does tie in because you, at least you have $25. You say, look, we, we could do this. We look what we got from, uh, UPS, you know? So th- I think those two kind of, uh, correlate to, or they're interconnected, but the Amazon organizing thing is, of course, it's going to be a whole different episode. Yeah, but you know, organizing Amazon should have been done when Hoffa was in office when they first yes. kicked it off. And now that you know, this 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 guy, a Beazel, whatever his name is, a dickhead uh, from Amazon, has a lot of power down. I mean, he has trucks out there. I mean, they should have organized them before they had trucks. The warehouse guys there. You know, they, they, they're telling them they got anti union busting uh videos and a lot of people twenty four seven. Yeah. 24 seven out here in, um, in, uh, Moreno Valley, SBD, uh, Ontario eight. I think it's, I think it's, that's the city it's in or Moreno Valley. They have a video that's basically run 24 seven. That's a union busting video. Right. And they have you, and then they have union busting, uh, propaganda inside the restrooms. Exactly. But it's not just, it's not just organizing Amazon itself. 
you have to go after all the other subcontractors that Amazon is using at the same exact time. It's not just Amazon. It's but I'm saying, but right now the Teamsters, the team, the Teamsters are focusing on Amazon to organize Amazon, and and, and I and I and I and I, you know, for me, I don't know. To me, is take care of your house first. Right, take yes. care of your house first. Right now, we have 1.4 million Teamsters here in 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 the Teamsters. No, one point one point two. I'm sorry. 1.2. I know you know, you corrected me. 1.2 million members and out of 1.2 million members, only 280,000 vote. So the problem is this. We got to take care of our house first before we go out there, you know, because you're going to spend all this money. And, you know, try to organize something that you're probably not going to, it's going to take years. It's going to take a lot of years to organize. Start getting, organizing your Teamster brothers and sisters here in the United States and start getting them to get involved with the union. Make this a powerful union that when the company sees, when the voting is up, that we have at least 500 to 600 people, uh, members voting and then the companies are going to be opening their eyes. They see this. They see 1.2 million members, and only all the, out of all that, 280 to 300 thousand are voting. That's that's weakness. That's what the companies see. That's what those, those companies see. That you know the teamsters are not backing each other up. So for me, for me, uh, I think that we should take care of our house first before we go out anywhere else. I, that's my opinion. I don't know if you guys feel the same or you guys are just not agreeing. With I, me I agree. Year. We need to take, we need to take care of our house and something that, something that's been bothering me lately, as far as what you just said, taking care of our house, um, is the, you mentioned it earlier is the, we need, I just agree. I just think that we need better layoff language. It's a lot of layoffs going on now. And I think we need better lay, layoff language, especially when people are being laid off or being displaced and going to other jobs or other classifications, they should still keep their pay rate. I don't think they should be dropping in pay rate because they're doing another classification as far as being laid off. And also we need to address something where with the code 26, now they're switching to code 45 and they're switching to all these other pay codes. So that way they don't pay you and they don't pay contribution into the health and welfare and all there's something that needs to be addressed with that too i that's just my opinion um it's 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 just sad that you can have in one building you can have 40 people go home code 26 code 45 and not pay anything contribute anything it's it needs to be addressed this is a time to address it before it goes because it's going to get worse so it, is. it is already getting worse. What are you talking about? If, if you have those guys even coming to the building, because some of them get a phone call by their supervisor, say, hey, we're over. Stay home. Yeah, all right. Cool. No problem. Hey, over. You will never see those guys. I mean, I have I, I seen a guy that worked. Phone call, Hector. They're calling. They're calling management. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Because, they, you know, they got them used to doing that. They got them used to doing that. They, you know, they are. Uh, you know, you fix the behavior by fixing the behavior, not by contributing to the behavior. And this is what the management do. And this is what I do when 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 they want to bring a guy in for attendance when he has 85 
uh, Code 26. I said, you started this shit. You started this behavior. You wanted him to stay home. He didn't pay to the contributor. Now you want to bring him into the office because now he's nine days late or nine days out. But you want to contribute to that, to that. I, I know you can't I know you can't do this. I know it can't be done, but what if somebody's going home cold twenty six or cold forty five five or ten times consecutive or whatever? Maybe they should be the one laid off first before somebody I don't know. Just an opinion, but I know it can't happen that way. It is, and we're not never going to get away with that as long as they got some ass-kissing management guys that are going to be uh, taking those times off and not contributing to the pension. I'll tell you this much. The guys that are, are retiring now, they're going to have a, re, uh, a, a check to, to go home to. These guys that, that's uh, going all these 80, I, I couldn't believe I saw a guy with 80, 85 scheduled off. 85. That's a lot of days for a whole year. To take off, that's 85 times he did not contribute to the pension. So you, you, you average that, that's one guy. Imagine it's other guys throughout the local. And that's why the company brags about 1.6 million, 1.7 million that they don't contribute to the pension. If everyone was to come to work and contribute to that pension, our pension will be over 100% and we'll be ready to, you know, when you're ready to retire, the money will still be there. But, if, you know, we're hurting ourselves on this pension with Code 45 and Code 26. Now, before, we only have like 10 minutes left. And uh, I want to talk about MVDC because the MVDC season has arrived here in January of Local 84 and I'm sure throughout the whole country. And MVDC, for guys that don't know what it is, is the motor vehicle. They, they look at your record and you have to, uh, um, you know, sign a form on the computer now because before they used to give you a piece of paper and you write down none of violations or anything like that. So I just want to give you guys a heads up. The MBDC season is in effect. So you're going to have management people going to you and saying, fill out your MBDC. My advice to you guys to make sure you get a, a abstract before you fill out the MBDC. Make sure that your license is not suspended. Make sure your license is, is, is correct, valid. And make sure that if you had any moving violations, any moving violation, not parking tickets, not a, not a jaywalking tickets, moving violations with your vehicle that you make sure you put that on that MVDC. Even though it's pending or you took care of it within the past 12 months or whatever, I would say if it happened uh, two years ago, put it in there just to make sure that you're honest. Because I'm getting a lot of guys with suspended license and it's coming up and it's, it's, it's driving me crazy because I, you know, it's sometimes I can't fight, you know, if the, if the company's wrong, the company's wrong and I'll prove the company wrong and save your job. But if you are wrong and that's your responsibility to take care of your license and your DLT, it's nothing a good BA could do to save your job on the article 35 section two. Article 35, section two is for the two, for the company and the union. Now, if you are, if your license is going to be suspended and you know you're going to license, and this is the, and I want to say this, man, how stupid can you be? And I'm going to be straight up with you because I don't bite my fucking tongue. Okay. How stupid can you be that you didn't remember that you got a ticket? If you got pulled over by the police officer, you got handed a ticket, you, that means you got a ticket. How the fuck you go into that office and say, I don't remember having a ticket. I don't remember. Get the fuck out of here. You know, that is bullshit. And I'm telling you right now, it's not working. 
That line is not working, so stop it. You know you got a ticket. Pay the ticket, take care of the ticket, and that's how you take care of your problems. That one ticket could be a lot of less problems for you. Just be honest. The DMV, MVDC is telling you to be honest. Be honest about your license. If you got pulled over and you know you got pulled over and you got handed a, a moving violation ticket, you plead guilty or not guilty, whatever the hell you want to plead guilty to or not guilty, just make sure when you doing that MBDC that you put in that you are have a pending ticket out there and you're going to take care of it or whatever the case may be. Now, Article 35, Section 2 say, states for the company that if you tell the company that you will be having a license suspended, they have the right, they, you have the right as a union guy to come off a truck and be a helper for the pat, the next two years. You have up to two years to fix your license. Now, if the company comes to you and tells you your license suspended, they have the right to dis, uh, discharge you for dishonesty. That means that you wasn't honest and that's what they go with, with the dishonesty on article 35. Don't put yourself in that predicament. Okay. Your license is your livelihood in this company and your DLT is your livelihood. Those are two responsibilities that you only have in this company is to have your license, um, in good, in good condition. And then your DLT, you're all you know what I'm coming up with Hector. What's up? Sometimes with the MVDC, last year someone put that they had what you just said a ticket, a pending ticket. So now this year they don't put it. They're they're thinking because they put it last year that it's already down. So, so what happens this year if they don't put it down? Are they being designed because they already put it once? That's no. the problem that, that I seem well, to be coming up with. Well, I mean, if you put it last year and it was a pending uh, ticket and and it just, dis- you know, it's off his record. That's why I asked you guys, it's $7 on online on on your telephone. You you register for the DMV and it's seven bucks, man. Seven bucks is nothing for you guys. You guys are, are $43 an hour. Seven bucks is going to relieve you from ever thinking, oh, shit, watching over your back that your license is suspended. Just spend the seven dollars. Get the abstract on your phone. Make sure your license is good. Make sure your your tickets are paid or your moving violation, your moving violation. Now, a parking violation could become a suspended license also. Child support mm-hmm. could become a suspended license also. You know, you got to pay your child support. You, you, you know, you, you, you did the, you did the nitty. You did the goody. You know, you got on top. You got, you got, you got the kid. Now you got to pay for that kid. So, uh, if you got a parking ticket, if you don't pay the parking tickets, they, they suspend your license also because you just avoided a, a parking ticket, but you don't have to put that in the MVDC. You have to put down moving violation, a red light, making a right turn when you're not supposed to, making a left turn when you're not supposed to. Your headlights was busted, you know, stuff with moving violations. You have to put that on the MVDC, but don't be, don't be, uh, worried because I mean, be worried about if you don't pay your parking tickets or your child support. They will suspend your license. And that's why I say $7 will give you less of a headache by getting your extract before you uh, get that MVDC because all year round, you didn't check your license. And then when you do check that uh, extract and then you see, holy shit, my license is suspended. At least you have 
your time to go to them and say, listen, my license is suspended. If they go to you, if the third party, because they do have a third party company investigating your license, investigating it from day one, when you were born, when you first got your license, they look at all that stuff. So if, if the third party sends them an email saying that your license is suspended and they come up to you and say your license is suspended, it becomes a dischargeable offense and they will discharge you for dishonesty. And listen, I won a couple of cases because the company fucked up because they, you know, fucked up and DMV fucked up. But you got to be on your toes with this, 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 this license thing. And right now with this company, they are looking to lay off. They already started laying off clerks and now they're talking about laying off the 22 Fords from the bottom up. And, you know, they, who do you think they'd rather have working? The 22 Fords or a regular driver that's 0300? I believe they would rather have the 22-4 because they make $6 less. And that's the way they save money. So if they're looking to discharge you, don't give them that, 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 that shit to discharge you for a driver's license. That is your responsibility. That is the easiest thing to fix. It's the easiest thing for you to handle. It's the only responsibility you have in this company is to have a valid driver's license and a valid DLT. Now with five minutes left, left in the game, we, we were talking about the strike. And if anybody didn't hear at the beginning of the show, I will be putting this on podcast. You can also, uh, rerun the show from YouTube to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel on Union Power Radio. It gives you an alert when we go live on the podcast. It gives you alert when we, uh, when we send out a podcast, uh, we all over. Union Power Radio is all over. You can't miss a show because we on Spotify, our heart radio, we on Google Play, we on iTunes, you name it, you will never miss a Union Power Radio show here. I give I do it so I do it for everyone could be um be well aware of what's going on throughout the local and throughout the international. I have Bill Grove here today, and he's uh, this is the one guy I look up to because he knows a lot of shit. Can I give, you, can I ahead, give a shout out? Yeah, of I course. Like, I like to give, I like to give a shout out to my boy Sean O'Brien. Deliver, please deliver. I'm asking you one thing: take away the word supersedes. Let a 804 do their thing and get a great contract for our members, and put the pressure on other locals to deliver. Don't cut us at the legs. Take out that word, supersede. We'll do the rest. And that was a shout out to Sean O'Brien from Bill. Um, talking about that supersedes, because, you know, you guys, you and Jose brought it up uh, a lot. So explain to the members, what is that supersedes for? All right, I'll give you one example that I brought up before. We, we, would, we negotiate language that when a part-timer starts, they accumulate entitlements as they work. You know, three months, they get a sick day, four months, they get a sick day in an OPH. And over the course of the year, they accumulate their their entitlements. Well, our people weren't getting paid. And everybody said, what's going on, Bill? You told me it's in our contract. Look at the pages. And then I told them, I'm sorry, go to the white pages. The white pages says, no matter what any local supplement says, no part-time employee will earn entitlements until one year on the job. So we negotiate something good for our members and the IBT took it away because other locals couldn't get that. That's not our problem. Make other locals do their job and deliver for their members. How do you feel about all supplements being 
equally across the country. Like if local 804 has a great supplement and that other locals could follow with and just be one, like, like the national uh, contract is across the country. Why can't every supplement be the same as every local out there? All right. There's a reason for that. Over the years, understand, I love the UPS app, right? You can look at everybody's contract. And I kept telling people, Bill, why don't we have this? And I said, because you don't know what they gave up to get it. All right. Our last contract, the big item was Sundays. All right. We didn't give it up and we held off the company long enough that we had people responsible that could finish the contract. But the problem is, guess what? Right across in, in 177, they work on Sundays for straight time. Now, maybe they got something for that. When you see a local that has something good, your next question has to be, what did they give up to get that? You know, if we all started on an equal plane, what Hector's saying would work. Hey, 804 has something good, make that for everybody. That's the idea of the IBT. The IBT should be doing that. We got a good plan. If we put it in the white pages, everybody has access to it. Shouldn't be the other way. We can't, the supplements have to be a supplement to the white pages. If Sean delivers, gets everybody a good deal, then we're only picking up crumbs and giving out a member's gravy. That's the way it's supposed to be. For, for the first time in my 30 years, I need the IBT to deliver. And, and people are telling me, this is the year. I've heard that many times. I'm hoping, because listen, I'm retired. My checks can stop as soon as we fuck up. People don't come to work. Money don't go into the pension fund. My checks aren't, aren't forever. My checks are as long as there's a strong 804. That's what I, that's what I worry about. We need to keep ourselves strong. So I'm telling all the brothers and sisters out there, if it comes to a strike, everybody's got to do their part. That's how we win. And that's how we get support. Can I say something real quick about, uh, to agree with uh, uh, Bill? He made an excellent point. Now you guys out there in 804, uh, New England supplement, the Southern region, I think the cent, uh, the central as well. You guys have for part-timers, any part-timer that works over five hours gets overtime, gets time and a half. Out here in the West, we don't have that. So I wish, like what Bill was saying, when the national goes, goes into negotiations, they, they could change the, uh, get daily guarantee from three and a half to four. And then the next sentence be, if a part-timer works, over their fourth or fifth hour, they they will their that time will be paid at time and a half. Make put that put that which is great language for part timers. Put that in the white pages. It's un, it's unfortunate that some some regions have that great language, and out here in the, in the West we don't have it. There's, there's no difference from me driving to my hub compared to somebody in Boston going to their hub or their building, or somebody in New York going to their building. There's no difference. But it's it's but it's been withheld from from other regions. Like I don't know why it's not. I don't know why we don't have it out here in the West. So we like this. We need to have great great contextual language that's in the supplements to be put in the white pages to benefit all the membership. I hear you, and that's what I I think is. I mean, all supplements you benefit to to uh, across the country. That's what I think. Uh, I just want to give a, a little, real, real quick, whoever's Iron Man on the chat, I mean, 
put your real name and talk shit before you you know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm just straight. I'm straight up. You know, this is Hector. This is not EMS. This is not Loquato Four. This is Hector. This is my disclaimer. I speak out of me, Hector Fortis. I'm responsible for me, Hector Fortis. So I want to give a little shout out to that guy. I am and is a coward that won't put his name in and said that my cousin. Well, let me get you straight. It's not my cousin. It's my nephew. Okay. So let me put it to you straight. And whatever your nephew or whatever your brother does, that's dumb. That is dumb. It's nothing to do with me. So I don't know why you put my name in that, Iron Man. If you have, uh, if you have any balls to put your real name on it, and then you can confront me and tell me instead of putting it on the air on the chat that you're saying that my cousin does the most code 26 in Queens North. I don't take that responsibility whatsoever. I know me. You want to check my record out from the time that I started at this company, you will see no code 26. Okay. And that up is up to your center, your center, your shop steward and your management team to make that to stop happening. And that's for every center and everywhere and your business agent. Okay. So if, if you have balls enough to put your name down, Iron Man, um, you know, you can see me anytime. My number is 347-403-0705. Call me anytime. Tell me who the fuck you are. Don't, don't hide behind a different name. You know who I am. So that's cowardly shit. So if you have a problem with my cousin, like you said, but my nephew, won't you go up to him and tell him why he's taking code 26? Maybe let's look at your record. Maybe you're right behind him. Who knows? But don't put this shit on the air. If you got a problem, go to your shops, do it. Tell your shops, do it and deal with that. And just to understand, he is not my cousin. He's my nephew. Okay. And I can't, he's his own man. Okay. He's got, he, he took this job on his own. He didn't have no help from me. He did it on his own. He's doing his job. Talk to the guy. That's your center, Queens North. Go, you go talk to him and, and be a man. Don't be a coward and do it on the fucking radio. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for listening to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. Listen, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. If you guys come in here to listen to a fucking, uh, you know, somebody record their conversation, I don't do recording. I do live radio. I don't have no pre-production like other people do. You know, they record they, 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 uh, their shit. And they, you know, they edit their shit. This is not an editing here. Here in local, in Union Power Radio, this is straight up what it is. There's no editing. There's no writing. There's no nothing. This is what you're going to get, the real shit. You know, other other formats, they record their stuff. They edit their stuff. You know, they don't curse. I fucking curse. If you don't like it, tune the fuck out. I can have one listener. Or a thousand listeners, I don't give a fuck. I've been doing this for years, and I'm going to stay here for years. And if you're going to be bold enough to put your fucking name, Iron Man, and not put your real name and talk shit, you're a coward, you're a bitch ass. Anyway, I want to thank Jose from the West Coast for getting on to the show. I want to thank William Grove, this guy, anybody. If you guys see him anywhere, any union meetings, any he goes to all of them. Some questions. This guy knows a lot of shit. I, I guarantee you, this guy, I look up to this guy. He's real good. He's a, he knows what he's talking about. He has a lot of history here in local 804 with Ron Carey and whatever you want to ask him. His name is Bill Grove. Okay. And Jamie Holligans, thank you for coming in. The last host standing here in local way in Union Power Radio. And I, it's like I said to you guys, we'll, we're not going nowhere. 
And we'll be here in two more weeks. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the What the Heck Show. Peace. Thank you, Hector. Peace. Peace.